coming up it is the united states open can't wait for the third major of the season out at tory pines this week nate conroy is here to discuss it we break down the favorites we break down the middle of the field we talk about tory pines who the golf course fits and who really needs this major for their career and their legacy and we get to put to bed the Palmetto Championship, thankfully. So, here we go. Welcome to Your Best Bets. We are on the precipice of the third major of the golf season. Hugely exciting time. Feels like this one is wide open for, in my mind, about 10, 15 guys. But it's wide open for those 10, 15 players, in, in my opinion. Uh, we got the U.S. Open coming up this week at Torrey Pines. Can't wait for it. Uh, we also need to review the Palmetto Championship, which ended today, uh, thankfully. And uh, we'll talk about the, the big picture what the U.S. Open means for, for a few of these top players. Uh, joining me for the first time on our, the golf podcast is Nathan Conroy. Mr. Conroy, how are we? Uh, very well, sir. Pleasure to be with you. So you, you've you've been on a couple football shows, and the, the last time was previewing March Madness, and uh, we, had some, we had some success there um, previewing a couple of the first-round games, especially you uh, – uh, I, I can't even remember who you picked to upset Ohio State, but um, it, wor- it worked out really well. You know, I can't even re- Oh, it was Oral Roberts. That's, oh, that's who it was. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the old Summit League there, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah, that was a great pick. Uh, never saw that coming, uh, so props to you a couple months later on that one. Um, so glad to have you on and get your, your perspective on golf. You and I have been playing golf together for uh, we haven't played for a while, but you know we we were high school teammates, obviously, and even even before that. So uh, I appreciate your golf knowledge and uh, you know talking about the U.S. Open. So thanks for being with us. Yeah, re- really looking forward to this week. Should be fun. So we we finished the Paul Medal Championship today um, at Congaree, which I I thought looked like a really cool golf course. It's it's. It's hard to tell if TV really did it justice or not. Had a little bit of a Pinehurst kind of feel, a little bit of even, um, uh, you know, like a Kiowa feel with some of a lot of the sandy areas, uh, a little bit of the runoffs on the greens. Um, I, I liked the variety that it offered around the green instead of just thick rough, which is what we'll see next week. Um, so I thought the golf course really showed out well, and I, I, I thought CBS did – Again, their drone shots are um, they're top notch. That's a huge addition to the coverage uh, compared to past years. So I, I thought the drone shots did a really good job of uh, showing what the golf course offered. Um, unfortunately, as um, you know, we discussed in the podcast last week, it was an abysmal field, <laughs> and it was a pretty abysmal leaderboard. Uh, but we did get, I, I think, a young budding star. Uh, uh, at least on on paper, that that won the tournament in a really unlikely fashion. Uh, Garrick Hago wins in just a second PGA Tour start. He's now won on the European Tour this year and the PGA Tour, which is that's pretty 
pretty impressive feat, especially for a guy that's 21. He's now in the top, ranked in the top 40 in the world. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I know he hits it long, and uh, he was, from what I saw, about a 40 to 1 favorite. Didn't talk about him on the podcast last week, of course. Um, but probably more significantly, Chesson Hadley just, uh, he just gave this one away, frankly. Yeah, uh, I watched a little bit here and there. Um, I know he, uh, yeah, I think he bogeyed the last three holes, couldn't get up and down on the last couple. Uh, it's exciting to see uh, the, the young star there from South uh, South Africa, a lefty, which uh, being a lefty myself, which is always nice to see. Uh, yeah, I was bummed, uh, the, you know, the RBC Canadian. Uh, I, I, I actually enjoy that tournament. We haven't had it here. I think this is the second year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of names this week. Um, that, you know, frankly, I had to do a little homework on I'd never heard of before or seen before. Yeah, I was kind of glancing through, you know, star, stars such as uh, David Lipsky, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, Bo Van Pelt is a name we haven't heard in Man. In, in quite some time. Or Bo, uh, Yeah, Bo Van Pelt. He hadn't had a top 10 since 2015. <laughs> yeah, I know he'd had a lot of injuries and whatnot. I mean, uh, our, our good buddy Rob Oppenheim, you know, the list really goes on and on. Yeah, just yeah. those those those, yeah. those sorts of players. Uh, going into yesterday's round, I, I just thought this was a Dustin Johnson, you know, uh, it, it was going to be his weekend. I, it just felt like he, he, as I talked about last week, he tends to dominate bad fields. He's done this at the Canadian Open, and, and I just thought he was hitting it. I think he was first in strokes gained Tita Green through two rounds, and I thought, man, he's getting it together. And I, I really liked just the way he was coming into form for next week as well. And then uh, what I saw the last 36 holes didn't give me a lot of confidence, and I, I don't know how much you saw, but he just – and even today, he got back into it, and then he triples uh, 16 to basically end his golf tournament, uh, at least at least to potentially win. Where are you at with DJ uh, going into next week? With I mean, he's traditionally a, a horse for the U.S. Opens, you know, with with obviously a win, a couple runners up, top fives the last seven years. I mean, he's been the face of the U.S. Open. But where are you at with the state of his game after this past weekend? You know, the first couple of rounds, like you said, he was right in the thick of things. Um, and then I don't know if he just kind of lost interest or if he's just kind of using this tournament to just kind of tweak a few things and work on a few things for next week. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I still feel fairly confident uh, heading in to this event, just based on his length and his, in his short game. Um, you know, may, maybe a, a little bit of a doubt, but you know, I, I, I would still pick him as you know, one of your probably top five favorites. Sure. It's funny. I just I tend to think when when it's when it's a bunch of uh, you know Chess and Hadleys or Bo Van Pelts and, and I see Dustin up there or, or or say it would be Rory or Justin Thomas. I just think well they're going to win. And, and golf is a little bit different. It doesn't always work that way because golf's really fickle and you know you you're, you're off with your putting and you can't make any putts. And meanwhile, Bo Van Pelt, who hasn't showed up in six or seven years, is rolling them in. You know yeah. he's making he's making two eagles in this final round, which he did today and. And it's just really weird. And so you don't want to take too much away. But I, I think the positive is that his, you know, his ball striking was better. He was really good off the tee for quite a while in this tournament. And uh, enough to where you feel a little bit more confident than you did prior to this event. Um, anything else on this tournament for you before we, we, we get past it and talk about the Open? 
not not a whole lot to be honest with you. I think this is what like the third time they played in South Carolina this year after the, this one in Kiowa and the other one um, escapes right. me. So they've been there a lot. Uh, like I said, I always like the RBC because uh, that usually has a pretty good field or at least a hell of a lot better than this one. Um, so so yeah yeah no no offense to to Congaree, but uh, I'll, I'll be ready when things get back to normal next year. Yeah, just to review our picks, uh, I uh, my picks on, on, on Facebook and Instagram we, we released on Wednesday were uh, de- deplorable uh, once again. But I, I thought they might be. We we talked about last week. You could either see DJ boat race in the field, or you might see a three hundred to one guy win. And and we didn't, but we almost did in Chess and Hadley. So it was one of those tournaments where you could just pretty much pick a long shot, and you might have a chance. Uh, Johnny did pick Garrick Higo for top twenty. Uh, at plus 188, so that was a really solid pick. Of course, he wins. Uh, Johnny also hit Satoshi Kadaira for a top 30, uh, I believe at plus 250. So he hit a couple on his picks. I uh, was over, unfortunately, um, so I'll be glad to move past uh, this Palmetto Championship, which sounds like the name of a tournament you create on Tiger Woods uh, Golf. Um <laughs> You know, it's, it's like you create a player in your first tournament is the Palmetto Championship. Um, uh, so we have the third major of the year, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, you know, of course, the first thing I think about when I think of Torrey Pines is, of course, 2008. Um, yep. And funny enough, it was on Golf Channel this last week, uh, the final round and then the playoff. And, of course, there I was watching it. Um, and you know, my lovely wife said, are, are you really watching this, uh, from 13 years ago? And I said, you know what? Yeah, I am because this is historic and tiger went on a freaking broken leg. So I am going to watch it again. Um, uh, so I, I, watched that for a couple hours. And, uh, so it's the first time we've been back for the U S open. Of course we play the, the farmer's insurance open every February or I guess late January, early February, um, at Torrey Pines, but the course We'll play a lot different. We saw Patrick Reed win there in January, which, by the way, this podcast predicted that victory. So it's normally the Open. Well, I guess when you and I were younger, like teenagers, it was it was sort of a I don't want to say like a small ball accuracy uh, event, but it favored the guys like Jim Furyk. Um, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of another name. It was a short ball accuracy guy. I don't want to say Fred Funk because he was never in contention, but, but, but the type of guy that would hit 75, 80% of his fairways, you know? Um, and now the last few years, it's, it's, and especially highlighted last with last year's, uh, us up when Bryson winning, it was, it was bomb and gouge completely. Um, get it as far down, you know, down the hole as you could three fifty even if it's in the rough and, and then just hack it out. Um, do you think that's going to favor, or I guess, is this setup going to favor that, that type of game again, or is it going to favor guys that are, you know, in the fairway, you know, more than last year's? Well, I, you're right. I kind of think along the same lines as you, when you referenced our, our younger days there, um, you said Furyk. The one I was thinking of was kind of a, a Zach Johnson type. Just, 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 just a grinder. You know what I mean? Every hole, uh, you know, staying in it mentally, shot by shot. Um, he's another that kind of a persona. Uh, so, uh, as far as right now, um, when I kind of look back, the last I think five winners, Dustin Johnson, I would say he's a bomber. 
Brooks Kepka twice. He's a big hitter. Gary Woodland, maybe not quite as far, but he still hits it pretty far. And then obviously Bryson. So if you look at recent history, um, you're going to lead towards just pound it out there as far as you can. And then, you know, uh, see, see where that leads you. I also think this, um, this golf course and the reason I, I picked Patrick Reed in January was because the, the difficulty of hitting some of these greens, uh, from the rough requires you to be really good around the greens and get the ball up and down a lot. Um, and, and of course, I think Patrick Reed's the best in the world right now as far as anywhere around the green and getting the ball in the hole. Um, him and Cam Smith, I think, are pretty much the top two in my mind. Um, so I, I still like that facet, someone that can get the ball up and down. And that, and that for a guy like Victor Hovland, that, that kind of terrifies me. Um, and, and I've talked about it a lot. You know, Hovland is – he might be a top five ball striker on tour uh, from tee to green. He's just he's just so good. But if he's if he's trying to get it up and down, I I have very little faith, especially from this thick rough. So I'm trying to think about in my mind who's who's you know the profile of the exact player I want. And then you got a guy like Colin Morikawa, who is I, I I don't think anyone can even argue now that he's the best iron player on tour. Um, I. I you know, in my mind, it was him or, or Justin Thomas, but the stats bear it out. The last, uh, you know, 20, 25 rounds, the last two months, the last six months, the last year, statistically, it's Colin Morikawa. And it, actually, it's not even that close statistically. Um, so, you know, if Morikawa is decent at getting the ball in the fairway, um, you know, he, he gives up distance, obviously, but, you know, Morikawa hitting a, a six iron compared to a better player or a different player hitting an eight iron. I don't know if it matters that much. Um, I don't know. What do you think about just a guy that is a tremendous iron player, but gives up, gives up distance is, I mean, it can, can a guy like that overcome it just by, you know, being a, an awesome iron player? I would say yes. Um, I would depend. And then the second part of that, yeah, awesome iron player, but you got to put the ball in the hole too. Um, so, you know, iron play, important. But, yeah, I, like every term, it's going to come down to flat sticks. So that's something to take into consideration uh, additionally. And, you know, for Morikawa, I mean, all these guys put the heck out of the ball. But, you know, Morikawa is pretty good uh, with the flat stick, too. So, yes, to answer your question, uh, I think a lack of uh, driver distance can be made up for with that, with that uh, approach game. Yeah, I, I think there's only a few select guys that you would – you would choose that route with Morikawa being one of them for sure. Um, a little bit more about Torrey Pines. Uh, statistically, it's going to play, I think, as long per oh, – where did I see that? It's going to play about seven seventy six fifty, um, and it's a par 71. So I think, I think that's wow. long, the longest 71 it's played in U.S. Open history. Um, so obviously we talked about the rough. That's – that's no different. It's a big ballpark. Um, Poa greens. Um, so, you know, guys that I, you know, in my stats model that, that, you know, my analytics site, I was looking at guys that put Poa really good um, the last 50 rounds. Um, obviously that's traditionally a, a West coast thing. Guys that play good on the West coast. Um, uh, Pat Reed is up there in that he's fifth in the last 50 rounds. I'm putting Poa uh, 
Bryson is actually second, um, which makes me like him even more this week, potentially. Um, but guys like Grant Snedeker, um, Webb Simpson are up in the top 10. Uh, Berger, Kucher, which I don't think we have to worry about much about Matt Kucher this week. But those are some of the guys that, that put these type of greens well. Um, so you could go a lot of different routes on, on you know, what you think is important this week. But I, I think just off the tee, so, you know, strokes gain total off the tee is, is probably the most important. And uh, there's good, there's a lot of holes, 450 to 500 yards. So I think guys that can really hit, you know, mid to long irons pretty well too is important. I mean, you, you could all obviously go all the way down to putting these greens. So it's, it's kind of uh, silly to say one thing is more important than the other, but uh, if you just go by the Bryson model, it's 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 getting the ball out there and it's getting to play as much as possible. But that's why Bryson's so tough is he's so damn good out of the rough. Well, he's so strong too. I mean, he's not only so like strong, he liked off the tee, but he's he's able to hack it out of those places where not a lot of people can can uh, can get to. And you know, even even if he he puts himself in some sticky spots, more times than not, um, he's able to. Uh, yeah. to overcome that uh before we get a little bit more into some of these players and, and the odds uh just big picture um obviously the last major was was unbelievably exciting unbelievably surprising with nicholson winning the pga um hideki winning the masters was not necessarily surprising completely but i i mean it wasn't expected uh you know, based on how he was playing, based on how he puts the ball, um, I guess. I guess my question for you is: is who who needs this major the most for their career right now, or their legacy, or um, you know, just f- for where they're at in the game? Who needs it the most? Um, it, when I think about that, there, there's a few guys that kind of come. Um, to mind uh one and actually a couple of these guys that i'm going to mention that have yet to win one um first guy uh I, we we pick, pick on him a lot is tony Finau. it just seems like he's there time and time and time and time and time again and he just can't get over the hump yeah. be it a major or even a regular tour event uh, you know he right. plays great for three rounds and then he just can't can't close the deal so that would be one um, another guy, uh, Xander Shoffley, who, uh, yep. again, another, another guy hits it a long, 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 long way, which would play well for him this week. Um, would nice for him be nice for him to kind of check that box and get the monkey off his back. Um, third one in contention, just one here, uh, recently, if I'm not right, or if I'm not mistaken is, uh, Patrick Cantlay. He yet to win a major. He's in contention frequently. So those three guys who have yet to win, and then the other one who has already won uh, multiple majors but hasn't won one quite uh, in some time is our good friend Roy McIlroy, um, who's been uh, around in contention. I wouldn't say every week, but um, definitely has a game that is capable of showing up uh, in these big major moments. Is Rory going to do that thing where he shoots 76 on day one and then, you know, he fights back and he finishes T6, you know, because he plays. I mean, I, 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 I'm personally not a Roy McIlroy fan. Um, 
but that wouldn't surprise me if that, uh, you know, he's, he, he's going to, uh, he's probably going to be in the mix, but that, that, uh, the, the, the way your example there is very apropos because that's a very Rory thing to do. That's, that's, that's his MO for majors the last few years is shoot himself out of it and day one shoot a 66 on day two to get back in, in in the top 30 and then throw out two more good rounds in the weekend to, to top 10 at back door. And then it looks good for, you know, his record, but he's not really been in it in a major since I think the 2018 masters when Reed won, when, when uh, they were in the final group together and uh, Reed just, he just beat him. Um, I, I can't remember Rory really being in the mix, you know, since then. Um, you know, obviously top fives, top tens, but and, and honestly, you know, he uh, he did win Wells Fargo a couple weeks ago, but outside of that, and, and that's just a golf course that he's won at a lot and he knows well, just plays it well. He's he hasn't played well since then, and uh, he made the cut to PGA uh, top twenty at Memorial. But uh, he's just been struggling for a while. I don't it, on on paper it's it's a Rory golf course, but um, I do agree with you. It's been seven years since he won a major. It sounds shocking to say, but I, I don't I don't know if I'd like him to win this week at all. Um, I was going to mention Xander as well on my list. Uh, he's a San Diego guy, I believe. Right? Yeah, he's a West Coast guy. Yeah. Um, so he's from the area. He was, he was sitting in a tree watching Tiger win the 2008 uh, U.S. Open. By the way, saw that little nugget. Um, so he was there. Um, so this this one probably means a lot to him. He finished second in uh, January to Pat Reed. Uh, I I don't believe in Xander that much. I just I just haven't seen it enough to um, really trust him in in moments that you know in. in the back nine on a Sunday enough. Um, I, I've seen him, you know, let me down more than come through. Um, Finau is is obviously on this list. He's he's going to be on the list just at week to week. Can he do it? Uh, yep. at, I mean, if you laid out a golf course for Finau that in theory just sets up perfectly for him, it would be this one. He's really played well out on the West Coast. He's played well at Riviera. He lost in the playoff this year at Riviera. You know, same same type of greens. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's going to happen, but it's there's always something that that happens where whether he you know hits it to five feet, you know, three holes in a row and misses misses them, or he you know he misses you know he, he hits a hits an OB ball, or like the playoff with Max Homa, he. You know, he misses a six-footer to win the tournament. There's always something with Finau, unfortunately. I really like him. I, you know, I just I, I wish he could I wish he could win uh, sooner than later. The other guy I was gonna I was gonna say that I think needs a second major is is Justin Thomas. Um, pr- really prolific winner. Um, kind of has a DJ type career going right now, where he's I think he's got 14 or 15 wins, but only the one major. It's been four years since he won that major. Um, he's not playing well though, either, um, outside of winning the players. Um, he's kind of been disastrous for a, a few months. Um, you know, his putting and, and anyone that's been listening to this podcast, I mean, I, I've been talking about how bad he's been putting for the last few events and it doesn't matter if you're top 
10 ball striker in that event, top 20. If you can't, if you're, you're at the bottom of putting, uh, losing four or five, six shots to the field, you're not going to win. Um, but I think JT needs to eventually figure out a way to get the second major. If he wants to keep his, his career progressing and, and, and become potentially a, you know, historical figure in the game. Um, Nate, let's get to the odds here. Um, no surprise to anyone uh, that John Rahm is the favorite. Um, he did get, I, I don't really know how this worked out. I don't understand all the COVID protocols. Uh, but I saw on Twitter yesterday, he did He did tweet that he has been cleared to back-to-back uh, negative COVID tests. So he'll, he'll be good to go this week. I don't know when he's arriving out there. Um, you know, initially when, when he tested positive Saturday the Memorial, it, it seemed like he might available to arrive in Torrey Pines on Tuesday, but I don't know if that's changed at all. I don't know the timeline. I don't know, I don't know if you know anything different. No, I, I saw the same tweet where, you know, he had the two negative tests and he's got the okay to, uh, to participate. But as far as when he's going to be on property, I don't know. Uh, do you think he runs his own Twitter account with, with the, the, uh, Rambo, um, uh, you know, oh, that little gift yeah, thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that uh, you think? No. I, do I think he has yeah. input? Uh, yes, he obviously has some obviously control, but uh, no, he does not solely run that you know, himself. <laughs> uh, so Rom is the favorite at plus 800. And uh, I, I think that's that's I think that's earned because of his history with this golf course. And he's played it as well as anyone the last three or four years. And based on his form at the Memorial, um, I have no problems with that. Three guys coming in at plus 1,200 uh, behind him are Bryson, Rory, and JT. And then four guys after that, DJ, Brooks, Xander, and Spieth at plus 1,400. Uh, So we haven't talked about Spieth yet. This to me, and and, and Spieth can just – he's the – uh, you know, anomaly for stats. It, it usually doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but to me, this isn't a, a speed golf course. It seems like too big a ballpark and he's too erratic off the tee um, to really be in contention. Am I wrong? No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. His flat stick uh, will, will only be able to bail him out so much if, if he's, if he's going to hit it in the rough uh, more often than not. Yes. Uh, yeah, it just feels like there's going to be too many. Uh, here's Spieth pitching out, and he's got to pitch out to 90 yards and get up and down, um, you know, for par. Those kind of situations. Um, so, of those top, the top group, is there anyone if you you had 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is, to to put money on from that that top group, who would it be? Um, from those two, I, I believe you said uh, DJ was in that group. DJ plus fourteen hundred. Yep. DJ, and then the other one would be uh, Bryson as as defending champ. Um, th- those would be my two out of out of, uh, out of that pack. Yeah, I think we highlighted the reasons why earlier. Um, I I, you know, I don't love Bryson. Um, I, I just read an article today about why is he why is he not beloved by the fans or or will he not. Why isn't he now? Or it, it, the question is, will he ever be? Um, I would say no. By the way, I don't. I, it, it, to me, I think he comes off as a tad phony. 
and you know fans tend to uh not appreciate people they don't feel like is you know are, are true to who they really are i think that's why brooks has grown in popularity the last year or two um whether that's true or not, whether that's how he actually is, I don't know. But I think people perceive him as as this villain kind of character. And now he's really becoming like, oh, man, I love Brooks. You know, he's got the thing with Bryson and, you know, he's he's ragging on him every second. You now he's my guy. I, I, I don't really know if that's how Brooks really is, but I think that's why Bryson will never be beloved. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't really think Bryson... <laughs> It really cares to to be honest with you. I, I don't think that seems to bother him. His uh, persona, he just seems so focused focused on his process and his analysis and his statistics and the physics of this and the angle of that. He's so wrapped up in that stuff. I don't think he really cares about all the all the other outside uh, perception of him. But yeah, Brooks is definitely more kind of the man of the people, so to speak. Um, yeah, he, he's a little more relatable i would say uh so bryson off the tee we mentioned his his you know just overwhelming power um you know statistically first uh strokes gained off the tee the last 50 rounds in this field um more specifically the last four tournaments he's gained at least three off the tee um in each of the last four tournaments i do have concerns about his iron game um i i don't think he's i think he's just average um but his two strengths are, are driver and uh, putter. I highlighted the fact that he is, again, second in this field on Poa Green's the last 50 rounds. Um, so, yeah, I love Bryson at that number two. Um, and then my, my other play in the group, I, I just I just think you kind of keep going to the well until you show he shows you that he's, he's not going to be in contention. It's Brooks Koepka um, at plus 1,400. I know he missed the cut this week. Uh, I, he didn't care. I mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty clear. Um, and he's, he admitted that basically. And he, uh, again, I mean, I, I felt like he was going to win the PGA going in the final round and he, you know, he just didn't play well, but he keeps getting himself in, in the arena the last, the last day of the tournament uh, in these majors. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think, I'd like him to win, but if I wouldn't hate it if if you bet him, um, and I don't I don't have a top ten number on him right now, but um, that would be my second play. I again I don't really love JT this week either. Um, I just don't think he's he's too, he's missing too many fairways, and the putter's a huge liability. I don't trust Xander um, and DJ. I, I don't I just I feel a little iffy about. Uh, you know, his game, but it is the U.S. Open. He is a horse uh, in these tournaments the last few years. Um, Nathan, the next group is, is again, traditionally the group that I like if from a betting standpoint the most because it just really gives you a good return for your for your money. Uh, Morikawa's, you know, headlines the next group at plus 2,000. Uh, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Hideki, Reed, Webb, Finau, uh, Hatton. Those are all the, the names from plus 2,000 to plus 2,800. Um, I I think Morikawa, to me, is almost a no-brainer, um, Nate, because of what we talked about earlier. I think he is one of the few guys that can overcome the lack of distance. And by the way, I don't think he's short. Um, he's just average. But uh, the iron player is so superior to everyone else. In fact, he might have 
his iron play might be the one facet of anyone's game that is is just it's just the best uh, right now at least. Um, um, I do like in theory I like Hovland's ball striking, but I have concerns just with him around the green. Um, we we haven't talked about Cantley, but uh, I don't I don't mind his all around game. Uh, a guy that does everything well, um, maybe nothing great, but everything really well. Um, of those names, anyone you like there? Yeah, I, I wouldn't differ a whole lot. Uh, Morikawa I would be comfortable with. Uh, Cantlay as well. Hovland is still a little raw, still a little green for me in, in the big moments. Um, I might throw a little on Matsuyama just since he's already won uh, a major this year. But no, I, I don't really disagree uh, with, with, with what you had there. Uh, Webb Simpson also at plus 2,500. He's To me, he's... He's kind of got the same type of game as Patrick Reed. Neither one very well. Webb's probably a better iron player, but Reed's just better around the greens and and get the ball in the hole. But I don't think Webb's too far behind. But they're 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 priced exactly the same at twenty five hundred. Um, Hatton to me, I don't. I just never really know what to do with him. He, he feels like he's always on the. You know, on the verge of doing something bigger, but he kind of gets in his own way a, li- a little bit. Um, you know, his personality is pretty fiery. By the way, he's hysterical though. Like, <laughs> he's so funny. I mean, if 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 you ever have, if he's on featured groups at PJ Tour Live, you have the chance. Like, he is so worth watching. Um, he's he's just entertaining. Um, so that's yeah. I, so we both like Morikawa. Um, you like Hideki? I would probably, I would probably say that my secondary guy would be Cantley. Um, I don't know if he's going to win two tournaments in a row though. Uh, next range three thousand to up to five thousand. I'll throw some names out here: Berger, Fleetwood, Zalatoris. Uh, I love how Jason Day is still on the betting board and he's not in the tournament. That's uh, <laughs> come on, DraftKings, get it together. Uh, Justin Rose. At, 4,000, Adam Scott, Neiman, Scheffler, and Honest Abe, Abe Answer. Um, give me someone you like or don't like in there. Uh, the really oh, the only one that jumped out of that list uh, was Scheffler. Uh, mm-hmm. No one really else um, jumped off the page. Um, they're, they're really stood out, to be honest. What about yeah. Zalatoris? Uh, I mean, what? what yeah. Five, was it Masters that he played yeah. real well? Um, top, I, I, top twenty of the PGA. Yeah, um, not not for me. Not 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 my cup of tea, to be okay. honest with you. So okay. yeah, right. you don't really have a good reason. You, you hate Will Zalatoris, okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quote it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you here. Um, Fleetwood has really, I mean. He's not been playing well for a while now. Uh, Justin Rose, his game has fallen off. He kind of showed up a little bit at the Masters. Um, but I don't trust him, and, and I don't like his face either. Um, so uh, that's that's been something for a while. For okay. Yeah. Right. And the Morgan Stanley stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone in that range does it for me. Neiman, I, I like, but I don't think his short game is nearly good enough to win the U.S. Open. Um, and, and 
yeah, Scheffler would be a, a, probably the most reasonable play, at, especially with him at being at uh, 45 to 1. But uh, yeah, Scheffler winning his first event as, as the U.S. Open seems unlikely. Um, 5,000 and above. Uh, so, Nate, you know, normally I would, I would go through and segment these, but, uh, you know, got a lot of names through here. So, um, I'm going to just pinpoint two names that I really like, and they're both at plus 6,000, 60 to 1. Jason Kokrak. Okay. Uh, last time we saw him, he was, you know, he won uh, at Colonial. Much different golf course, obviously. But this, Kokrak's a big hitter, and he's been putting the hell out of the ball, too. Um, I love the number for him. Um, do I think he's going to win the U.S. Open? Probably not, but I think you could do a lot worse there. And then the guy right next to him is Shane Lowry. Uh, Lowry is a major champion, and he has been playing well. He just top 10 at the Memorial. Um, ball striking numbers have been really, really good for him as well. So those two guys stand out to me. Um, I see Matthew Wolf. Is he is he really playing this week? Matthew Wolf? Yeah. I, mean, I didn't think so. His name's on the his name's on the betting board. I mean he Oh yes he is. I mean he's yes. he's been withdrawing for a while because he's got some stuff going on. I, I mean he's been it's been right. a strange strange year for him. A lot of a lot of withdrawals and bad play since having the great fall. I just saw his name here. Um is there is there anyone I didn't mention for you that you you like this week as, as a dark horse? As we get down the board here, uh, and, and as you look down the board, there is a lot to look at. I'll tell you, um, um, not really at first glance. You know, I was kind of looking at it uh, earlier, prepping for the for about, the show. What about Max Homa? That was one that I did come across as okay. he did as he, he West Coast guy, and he won yeah. earlier. Uh, that 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 was one. Um, maybe. And this is a big maybe, just because he's a big hitter. Um, Mark Leishman, he's kind of around occasionally in in the bigger name events. He's one that's not going to win it, but you know he could be towards that uh, towards that top ten, top twenty. He hangs around occasionally, and he uh, did he did win here two years ago. So so that might be worth a few bucks. Uh, throw throw on his name, but but no one really other than uh, than those guys. No. Um. Max Homa, I want to talk about him real quick. Uh, if I can find his numbers here. All right. Homa is not great off the tee. Uh, 68th in this field, strokes gained off the tee, so right in the middle. Um, pretty good on approach. Pretty good putter on Poa Greens, uh, but not necessarily your longest guy. But... Maybe it's a West Coast vibe kind of thing. He did just come off a top 10 memorial, um, had another top 10 at Valspar a couple weeks before that, and obviously the win at Genesis earlier in the year. I thought of him at 80 to 1 as being a reasonable long shot. Um, but I think beyond that, it, it's uh, it gets really hard to think of anyone that could really win the tournament. And right, right in the intro, I said, I. Do you remember a couple of years ago at, at uh, it was the 2019 PGA at, at Bethpage? Um, and it was just long and brutal. And the rough was, 
thick and it it was just a huge huge ballpark and to me it only set up for five to ten guys to win you know and and guess who was one too is brooks and dj um it played very much like a u.s open type uh course and and to me that's kind of what this week feels like um it feels like the bryson dj brooks mold it's hard for me to envision um you know, anyone outside a set of five, 10 guys, Morikawa probably being the exception of that type of player that could really win. Um, I might be wrong. Um, it could, it could go the opposite way. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I will, I will throw someone out there that I do like. That's really, really down the board at 200 to one, uh, Ryan Palmer. He's played this course really good. Um, a couple, t- uh, a couple times uh, at the farmers. Um, he, his, Level of plays leveled off a little bit from earlier in the season, uh, but he's long enough to compete here. Um, and for some reason, he I, he just got like a, a soft spot in my heart, Nate. I don't know why. Like I wanted him to make the Ryder Cup team there for a few weeks. Like I just felt like I kind of like Ryan Palmer. And now he's kind of reverted back to being Ryan Palmer, um, which is, you know, not an elite player. But 200 to 1, um, I obviously uh, will put out my picks and, and hopefully Nate will give me a few to put on Instagram, Facebook later in the week. Anything else on the U S open, Mr. Conroy? No, I'm just uh, ready to get this palmetto taste out of my mouth and get ready for some, uh, some Tory pines later this week. Yeah. I, I saw too much of Cheston Hadley finger snapping when he made a birdie over the weekend. <sighs> yeah. Man. I mean, is there any worse celebration? It was uh, it was hard to watch, but I guess I guess uh, karma came around and took care of that. So <laughs> that's right. The golf <laughs> gods looked they looked very negatively upon the finger snapping. Yeah, they they, they are not a fan of that. No. <laughs> uh, all right, Nate. I uh, appreciate you coming on discussing the U.S. Open. Uh, definitely got to have you back some uh, sometime. Well, you know, football's it's coming, so we'll we'll have a couple preseason football shows and discuss some over-unders on win totals or something uh, coming up later in the summer. Yeah, that sounds great, man. I'd be more than happy to, to come back on with you. All right. Uh, U.S. Open this week. Uh, I will have a special DraftKings show as well this week uh, with our friend Rich, who's our DraftKings expert. Uh, that'll be a bit of a new show. We'll go through the field and talk about the field from a DraftKings perspective. Um so follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll have our picks up by Wednesday. Uh, enjoy the U.S. Open. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Go, go, go.